reading is Acts chapter 2, which is page 830 in those blue pew Bibles. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. And verse 36 So let everyone in Israel know for certain that
that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptised and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Welcome, Mark. Well, good morning, everyone. Lovely to be with you this morning, and um, you may be interested in what I've got to say, and I'm actually very interested in what I'm going to say as well, because <laughs> God's challenged me to step away from my notes and step into my message. So... Um, I just want us to really focus on the essence of what Pentecost is all about. So let's just begin by welcoming him here in our midst. Lord, you are the living God, gracious and true. And we thank you that you are here in our midst by your Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We make room in our lives for you. We ask you to come and fill us with a hunger and a thirst for you. We want to see you do extraordinary things in our town, in our families, in our neighbourhoods. We want to live in that life in all its fullness that you came to bring us, Jesus. So Lord, open our ears to your words this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. So this uh, topic of Pentecost, you know, one of the tricky things about coming and speaking to different groups of people, I have no idea what you know. And um, so I'm going to ask a few questions. I hope you're okay with that. Uh, there's no right answers, so it's not like a school test or anything like that. So feel free just to respond as we go through. Pentecost. What, what do you know about Pentecost? What was so interesting about Pentecost? In that day, yes? The day the Holy Spirit came. Yes, the day the Holy Spirit came. So was that the first Pentecost? Was that the first time they celebrated Pentecost? Do you think? Not sure. Well, let's have a look at what the name means, Pentecost. Anyone have an idea what the name Pentecost means? Yes. Yes. Exactly, from Greek it's 50th or 50. So that 50 is celebrating that 50 days before there was Passover. What was so great about Passover? I told you there'd be lots of questions. Yes? Sorry? I'm half deaf, so you have to speak up. What happened at Passover? The angel of death passed over. Yes, so going back to the very original Passover, back in Egypt, when God brought his people out of slavery in Egypt. 
which is a type of the world, by the way, in Scripture. Egypt is kind of like the world, and God was going to bring his people out of the world, make them a people. There are a whole lot of plagues. And the last one was this angel of death was going to sweep over the whole country and take every firstborn child and animal. But to God's people, the Hebrews, he said, if you kill a lamb and put the blood on the doorposts of your house and stay in that house under the blood, the spirit of death, the angel of death, will pass over your house. And that became the first Passover. So all the children of the Hebrews were spared. And they trusted and obeyed and stayed under the blood of the lamb. Does that sound familiar? There was another Passover that had something to do with the blood of the lamb. had something to do with this. Right? Yeah. And that's why we call Jesus our Passover lamb. Because he is the way that makes the doorway through death. But going back to the original Passover, 50 days later after they were brought out of Egypt into the desert, something significant happened for the Hebrew people. Yes. They were given the law. So they arrived at Mount Sinai. Moses was called up the mountain. God appeared like a consuming fire. In fact, the people down at the base of the mountain, all they could see was the clouds and smoke and fire. And Moses was up there. And he was up there 40 days and 40 nights. And God gave him stone tablets with the Ten Commandments written on them and the laws. They were given so that God's people could live under God's blessing in relationship with him. One of the amazing things about God is he wants relationship with us. Even though he's this awesome, amazing God. And Jason, you were talking about looking at the stars and marvelling at the stars. I used to stand out there when I was a kid with Dad. This is up in Motueka, and we'd look out there at night and look at the stars. And I love being there with Dad because of the relationship, but it made me marvel. I didn't know God at that stage, but it made me marvel in this incredible creation. But you know, we have a Heavenly Father who is like my dad was there. and He's the one who created all those stars. He's the one that put everything in place. And he wants this relationship with us. That's a marvellous thing. It's a marvellous thing that we live in this world that is so confusing and concerning and we have the creator who wants a relationship with us as a father with his child. And so God gave the law to his people, but the law couldn't change their heart. And so right in the beginning, they failed and they made a golden calf. And God came down and 3,000 died But in this Passover that we're celebrating when Jesus went to the cross to make a way to the Father that we can come back into a relationship with the Father of peace. Fifty days after that, there was another tremendous provision of God to bring us into relationship and that's when he gave his Holy Spirit. Because he had said through his prophet Ezekiel, he said, I will give them an undivided heart. Now, this is 500 years before Jesus came. 
Ezekiel is writing. I will give them an undivided heart, God is saying, and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. And this is what God was doing in Pentecost. In that day, 50 days after Jesus had died on Passover as our Passover lamb, 50 days later, the Holy Spirit was given. God again arrived, like he had come down on Mount Sinai in fire. God again arrived in the person of the Holy Spirit, in tongues of fire. And he came upon the believers that were there to change their heart and give them a heart of flesh, a soft heart. Because this is where all our problems stem from, is our heart. When our heart is hard, when our heart is divided, when our heart is distracted, we will become separated from God. We will rely on our own strength, do things our way. But when his spirit comes in and we yield to his spirit, he changes our heart. He aligns our heart with the Father's heart. And he makes it a joy and a delight for us to do what pleases God, to step out and trust in him. And that's what Pentecost is all about. It's not about so much speaking in tongues. The tongues they were given were to communicate to all the different people that were there from all over the Roman kingdom. The Roman world had come for this festival of Pentecost, which was an age-old festival already for them. It's about the change in our heart. It's about our wanting that relationship with God, making it possible. And I had my own Pentecost 41, 42 years ago, mentioned in the last service, but I was 17 years old, I'd just finished school, I was getting ready to go to Lincoln, I was doing my practical farm work, and I'd just moved into a flat with two young Christian guys. And um, I had, about one week before, made a decision I was not going to be a Christian, because I'd been made to go to church at boarding school, and... There was nothing there that really impressed me. And so here I was, and these two young guys, of course, they invite me to their church. And um, I didn't want to go to church, but I was polite. I was brought up properly. So I went, and it was Rangira New Life Church. And while we're in church, we were singing like we're doing today. And I was, I was trying to sing because I enjoyed singing. And we sung the song, Sweep Over My Soul, Sweet Spirit. I don't know if any of you know it. Sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. My rest is complete as I sit at your feet. Sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. I was singing in complete ignorance. I had no idea what I was singing about. But it's a prayer asking the Holy Spirit into your life. And he came. And it was just like this fountain of joy in my stomach and tingled out my arms. I'd done a bit of experimenting with marijuana. I knew what a drug buzz was and it was just as good. In fact, it was better. It was free. It was legal. 
And I was sitting there, and it never happened in church before. And I thought, what is going on? And then after the, the, the pastor spoke, he gave an invitation. Anyone who wanted to come forward for prayer or to receive Jesus, come forward. And I just had this urge inside to go forward. But I, it's like today, I'm the first time in the church, and I was sitting in the middle of a row of people, and no one was going forward, and I didn't want to go forward because I was too embarrassed. But he kept the invitation open, and uh, the urge to go forward and respond was coming from within me. So finally I did. I got up and I went forward. I didn't know what to say when I got there. The pastor prayed for me and sent me out the back with a youth pastor who told me kind of what had gone on. And Anyway, about three weeks later I was doing some tractor work on the farm, and I realised that my heart had changed. I realised that now... I love people. I wanted to do something to help people. Because as a 17-year-old, I, I looked at the world around me and I could see that the more we advance technologically, the worse we treat each other. And I could see all the problems going on in the world. And it was overwhelming to think about. And I think some of our young people today feel the same. We look at the environmental issues, we look at the wars, we look at the problems, and we think, this is just too overwhelming. And so I decided to just bring in my boundaries and live for myself. But at this point, three weeks later after the Holy Spirit came into my life, I was aware of the needs of people around me and what's more, I wanted to do something to help. My heart had changed. And my heart had changed towards the Bible. I, as, a, as a new Christian, I thought I'd better get a Bible and I was too embarrassed to be seen carrying around a Bible so I made sure I got a paper bag to put it in to take it home. But... I got home and I started reading it and I just had this appetite to read the Bible. I just love God's word. And so the Holy Spirit had come in and he changed my heart. He changed my heart and he had orientated it towards God and what he wanted. And that joy that came in, for me it was, I don't know if you've ever been in the bush on a sunny day and you, there's a, a stream running down and it, the water goes over the stones and the sun's coming through the beech trees and strikes the water and it sparkles and dances. Have you, have you seen that? That's what that joy is like in my heart that, that God brought in. He came and changed my heart, he, just like Ezekiel said. gave me a new spirit, a new heart. And for each one of us, that's the gift. That's the gift of Pentecost. It comes in different ways. No two of us will have the same experience. Sometimes it's very gradual and gentle. Otherwise it's quite dramatic. There's different ways. But he's come to bring and align our heart back to God. See, we're growing up in a secular society. If we look back 500 years, everyone knew the divine was real. Everyone knew about God and, and believed God, or at least God was in the centre of the village life. Now, 500 years later, it's really a struggle to believe that God is in the midst of our town's life, our lives. What's changed in those 500 years? We've had the Renaissance. We've had the Age of Reason. We've had scientific method. We've learned that we're just, we're just arrived by chance through evolution. And all these different things have 
come to shape our thinking to make us feel that just what we can see and touch and hear and smell and taste, only that is real. Anything that we can't prove by experiment, by repetition, can't be real, therefore unbelievable. And so whether we like it or not, we're a product of this culture that we've grown up in. And so even our desires are focused on those things that are tangible, touchable, that we can eat, usually chocolate and stuff like that, or wear, or our gadgets. And our hearts desire those things that make our life more pleasurable, more comfortable, more secure. We're creatures where our desires determine our actions. So what we desire, where our heart is, is what we'll do. And so there's a proverb that says, guard your heart because all of your actions come from it. And we're told in Scripture to desire God above all, to treasure God. Because Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's my heart for our church and for us as Christians, that we rediscover a delight in God. So we're not just coming to church, you know, because it's the right thing to do or we'll meet up with our friends or they have nice morning teas or Alistair's very exuberant. Come to church out of our love for God because we delight in Him. That transforms everything. And so our challenge this Pentecost, what are the obstacles? What's holding us back? How much are we experiencing his Holy Spirit moving in our lives on a day-to-day basis, producing his fruit that we heard about earlier on? Are we more loving than when we began the journey with God? Do we have more joy, more hope, more peace? Are we kinder? Do we pursue what is good in God's eyes? Are we more self-controlled, more merciful, gracious? Because that's his work, his fruit. He does that. We don't have to strain to do that. Now, have you ever seen a fruit tree straining to produce fruit? You know, doing its exercises and out pops a lemon. It does it naturally, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit is in us to produce the fruit of the Spirit, the character of the Spirit. We don't have to strain to do that. What we do need to do is keep plugged in. Remain in Christ. Nurture the Holy Spirit. Actually give him more of ourselves. It's not about us doing, having more of him, asking God for more of the Holy Spirit. It's about us giving him more of ourselves. And he will fill us and flow through us and transform our days and our lives. So that's the invitation I want to leave with you this morning. Uh, Make room for him in your life. Desire him. So do what it takes to nurture a desire for the Holy Spirit. He's given us a number of ways that we can strengthen our spirit over our flesh. He's given us 
scripture to read. He shows himself to us love letter to us. Who wants to turn up to the pearly gates? And Jesus asks you, did you read my love letter? And we say, uh, actually, I found it a bit tricky to understand. I was a bit busy. I really actually enjoyed TV more than your love letter. He's given us his love letter to reveal who he is and how he wants us to relate and what he's got us here for, what he saved us for, to help others know his good news. So let's meditate on that. Let's make sure we know his good news, know what he's done in our lives, because he's just calling us to be witnesses for him. We're not here to make converts. We're just here, like in court, to witness to what we know. And that's what we share with others. What has Jesus done for you? What is the Spirit doing in your life? And then trust and obey. The more we get to see him, he's going to call us to get into tricky spaces. Things that we don't feel capable of. And when we know him to the degree we know him is the degree we will trust him and step into those spaces. I would never have stood in front of a bunch of people before and spoken, let alone some. Never. It's him in us that will lead us into spaces. And then we'll see him transforming other people's lives as well as our own. That increases our delight in him. So it's a self-perpetuating thing. We choose to delight in him. We step out. And we see him moving, and we delight him. To share one little practical story that shows the level of detail that God is interested in in our lives. We had um, the leader of our mission society was studying this. This was a number of years ago. And uh, I woke up about 6.30 in the morning, and I heard the hot water kick on because we've got a gas caliphon. And suddenly in my mind, I thought, oh, Chinny's having a shower. And that's it. I was going to go back to sleep. And then I feel prompted, go and check the gas. Well, the, our house is a long house. And the gas is right down the other end of the house outside. And it was a cold winter morning. And I didn't want to get out from my warm bed to go and check the gas. So I lay there a bit more. And thought just kept coming to me, go and check the gas. So finally I got up dressing gown on, and wandered outside, right round the back of the house. And just as I got to the gas tank, that little clear window that shows you the gas went red, showing the gas had run out in the gas bottle. So I flipped it over to the other gas bottle and went back to bed. And then at breakfast I asked Johnny, how was your shower? He said it was good, but it kind of went cold, and then it came hot again. And I thought, God, man, you're amazing. You know, you were concerned about Jimmy having a hot shower. And you prompted me to go and check the gas and put it on. And I would have rather stayed in bed. The level of detail that God takes care of in our lives is amazing. And our lives just come alive when we're keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. And so that's what he's come into our lives for. To give us that heart of flesh, that heart that desires God 
to form his character in us so we can represent him in our world. But it's up to us, as in any covenant relationship, to nurture that relationship, to choose God, to delight in God. So that's what he's calling us all to this morning. May the Lord bless you all.